So about a year ago, I went to the doctor because I had like it on my head. <laughs> I tell everybody I went. I, I took a blood test because it was for my life insurance, but actually it turned out I had psoriasis, and uh, in my blood they found out that I had tuberculosis. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know what either one of those things are. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad, though. So psoriasis I, but then you're laughing at the same time, so I'm a little scared. Psoriasis is basically just a... Uh, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't want to... Oh, fuck shit. Up the story you're on the edge. The oh, I'm on the edge. edge. All right, son. Yeah, good, good. Psoriasis is basically just like a, a rash. Okay. Tuberculosis is a very deadly <laughs> infection in your lungs. Oh, my God, bro. So it was latent. It wasn't, like, active or anything like that. So... I had to take like three or four months of treatment. I'd take like antibiotics every week, 10 big, huge pills. And, uh, oh man, what are you doing? Uh, 10 big pills once a week. I had a video of myself doing it and submit it to the government so that they knew that I was taking my medication. Holy shit. Yeah. So now I'm off of it. So I'm going to the doctor tomorrow to get like another uh, re up my prescription for my psoriasis. Mm. And they test my blood every time, so I probably shouldn't be pounding shots because it's gonna show that my liver is. Yeah, they're gonna be like, uh, "What was this?" Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but whatever. It's the blue bottle that looks like a bong. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah, they're gonna rush you in for a liver transplant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. I'm not. I'm not dying. Oh, that. Cheers to that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Another shot. I was good. Cheers. <laughs> no more shots yet. <laughs> you ever known anybody with uh, tuberculosis? No, but now I do. <laughs> Yeah. So so it's treatable. Like you can get rid of. Like it's yeah. So yeah. It, okay, got you. How long does it take to kind of flush it out, or you know, like two hundred so, years? Yeah. <laughs> it took it took about three or like three months of solid hardcore medications. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but only yeah. because it wasn't active. If it would have been active, it would have taken a lot longer. Goddamn. Yeah. So I got lucky that it wasn't active. It just hadn't hadn't been active yet. Yeah. Is that right? You caught yeah. it. You caught it before when you needed. If to I would have gotten it. COVID, it would have activated, and that would have been pretty bad. Wow. Wait, did they say that really? Yeah. It would because it, it affected the lungs. Oh shit. Are you guys? Uh, have y'all gotten COVID ever? No. No. Neither has my girlfriend. Yeah. It's it's a trip. Like she's the only person I know that has not got it. Yeah. yeah. I've seen those memes. It's like it's like a future being. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only person that hasn't had COVID in three Bro. years. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it, it wilds me out. I'm like, maybe she's just immune. I mean, like she works more than anybody I know. And she's at a bar with people that, you know, that it, don't care. That don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like the clientele is great, but you, you also know what I'm talking about. It's like, it's a, uh, yeah, people don't give a shit. Yeah. Kyle's had it three times. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've had it twice. The first one, I know I had it because my smell and shit left, but, um, I don't know, but then there's like the newer variation is where I don't think you lose your sense of taste or smell. You know what I'm oh, saying? Shit. Oh okay. man, so, so that's it's a little how I, scarier. So I tested myself the other day. I went and took a shit and I could smell it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so maybe we have had it. Maybe. And, uh, I have those. I have some tests in my uh, oh okay. in my pantry. And I, I took one the other day and it came up negative. Oh, that's good, yeah. bro. Yeah, I got I got tuberculosis, but I didn't get COVID. Well. <laughs> uh, Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the best podcast in the city of Austin. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Drew Walker from Fire from the Gods with us Hello. today. You know who Fire from the Gods is? They're a uh, world-famous rock band from out of here in Austin, Texas. So, right, get up for Drew. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me, man. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Welcome, welcome. Oh, shit. We've known Drew for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like way back. Yeah. <laughs> before, before we get too deep in, though, I want to, I mean, obviously… Uh, the setup looks a little bit different. Kyle's not here. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, he doesn't have COVID again, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not COVID. <laughs> so we're on Kyle watch right now. He could show up. Uh, he could show up at any time. So, well, uh, if he shows up, we'll we'll get him in. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. We're yeah, just gonna yeah. cut him in, and yeah, we'll cool. just uh, we'll just keep it rocking. I'm so. in his seat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shuffle. We'll shuffle it around. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, shit, man. So how have things been going with the band? Everything is good, man. Um, we uh, kind of done for the holiday season. Um, we plan on we got a couple things coming up in uh, early next year, but as of right now, we're kind of just laying low, doing the whole Christmas Thanksgiving shit. Well, you um, just put out a new album recently, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so weird. Like, so we were on tour with three bands that are all kind of in the same uh, label or management or some sort of weird tie-ins that we were on. So it was Five Finger Death Punch, Zoltan. Um, he's he's a guy that kind of signed us to his label. Um, they also manage a band called The Who. It's uh, spelt with the H-U. Oh, The Who? They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Mongolian band, so they are like exploding in their hometown. They've um, got a huge following back home. Like there's like murals painted of them in their really? like, Congress building and shit. Like it's it's nuts. Like their whole their whole fan base is crazy across these and even in the United States. Wait, did I hear that right? You said they're Mongolian? They're Mongolian. They're a throat metal band. Um, <laughs> we've done a tour with them right before Why COVID started. Because that's crazy. You're not a fan of throat metal? <laughs> so yeah, we did, we did a tour with them um, right before COVID hit. We were actually in Ireland when they were kind of like not letting us back on a plane because it was like getting too close to that kind of time. Um, fortunately, we made it back home. and. Um, so we have a long history with them, and this most recent tour was us opening a four-package bill, um, us, The Who, uh, Megadeth, and Five Finger Death Punch. So they're all kind of, you know, like I said, somehow intertwined management-wise or label-wise. Yeah, I remember seeing that commercial on TV while I was watching like a basketball game. That's fucking weird. I never got to see the commercial, yeah. man. But like that, like I was having like my grandma hit me up that I haven't talked, like my grandma, it's like my stepmom's, you know, mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't talked to them in like years, and… They sent me text messages saying like they see me like me on the radio for like the commercial. I'm like, yeah. I don't get to hear that because I don't listen to a lot of terrestrial radio and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely saw it on TV during a sports game. That's a that's a. I trip. don't know if it was football or basketball. Whatever time of the year it was, it was that sport. Yeah. Wait, why did what was memorable about it? it like oh, because it was like it was like coming to it was like saying it was like Coda and Five Finger and it had fire it was fire from the gods. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy was just like hey, special guest fire from the gods. Yeah, he sounds like a WWF. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's probably dreaming of saying a band name like that. Like, that's yeah. perfect for that voice. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 I always yeah. wanted that voice for, for shit like what we're doing right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like, you know, every time you hear your voice, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Why I do know. I sound like that? I definitely don't have a voice for podcasts. I don't know why I do this. <laughs> hey, man. You got, you got a great pod, podcast voice. You want us to like put a, like a, like a voice filter on you? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, change uh, you your got, voice up you completely? Got, um, what's that? Dude, there's this plugin I use on Pro Tools all the time. Uh, not necessarily for only vocals, but it's called Little Alter Boy. Is <laughs> As bad as that sound, <laughs> yeah. It's called, it's called Little Alter Boy, and it's uh, it's made by Sound Toys, and it is such a cool plugin. But it would do exactly that. Makes you high pitch, low pitch, different semitones down or up. It's it's kind of a gnarly plugin. Nice. Right, Jerry, <laughs> let's, let's, use, look, let's look into making a uh, Drew sound like a little alter boy. All right, Here, no, good. Yeah. All right. So, how long was uh, the tour with Five Finger? That tour was one of the longest we've done so far. It was nine weeks long. We were gone for about 11 weeks because we usually give ourselves, you know, a few days to get wherever the tour starts, which in this case, I believe it started northeast as you can possibly get. I think like uh, Spokane or, um, am I pronouncing that city right? Spokane? Spokane? Yeah, we, yeah. Met, we mess up names and stuff. Yeah. It was somewhere in Washington or Oregon where, <laughs> where our tours normally start and finish. 
<laughs> Wherever the furthest place you can get away from Austin is, that's where they usually start. Yeah. To finish. Yeah. But, um, see, so yeah, we give ourselves plenty of time to get out there because we're usually like in an RV or something a little bit bigger than a van because we have a, a crew now that wouldn't really work with a van. And plus, we're just getting old. Our backs hurt. <laughs> you, um, need some, you need some room to stretch out a little bro, bit. Bro, yeah. So, and like, you know, our singer is a, he's 6'4", so a van just won't work for laying down. So, yeah. yeah. I'm cool with that. Like, I mean, I'm I'm like five eight, so I'm head to toe. I fit perfect. <laughs> but it's also, you know, we're to the point now where it's like, okay, let's just spend the money and be comfortable for a tour that long, especially. Yeah, for yeah. sure. What's it been like uh, working with Better Noise? Like this this record that you guys just came out with, Soul your, Revolution. Yeah, Soul yes. Revolution. That's your first one with this with them, right? This is our second with them. Okay. So we had one prior um, before we got signed to Better Noise. We were on Rise Records. We did um, one album with them. Um, and then we kind of put out an EP that was kind of like a reimagined kind of thing. Um, it was called Narrative was the, was the original album with Rise. Um, when we first signed to Rise, we were getting pretty close to the owner. He took us out to like eat and like, he's like, I got big plans, blah, blah. And the dude unfortunately decided to sell the company closely after we signed. So with that being said, the new owner took over and all of a sudden, we were like a small fish in a very big pond of bands. Yeah, all of a sudden, you weren't Dance Gavin Dance. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. And, you know, um, they have a ton of bands on their roster. So it made sense for us to make this move because their bands were not necessarily bigger, but um, more radio friendly. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, you know, I'm to the point now where the term selling out when I was a kid was a lot different than it is now. Like, now, you know, at one point, I feel like I had listened to every single genre of metal that exists, you know, like maybe not every band, but it was kind of hard to, it was very rare that I would hear a band that I wouldn't like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so, you know? Yeah. And um, so it was like kind of cool having this um, idea that we could be a heavier band on a radio sounding roster. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. I, I like going on tours where we're the heaviest band, but I'm also a metalhead. Mm-hmm. So, but being said, you know, it's like a lot of old metal bands are, in our opinions now as we get older, kind of more classic, met- not classic metal, that's the wrong word. Um, I don't even, like, I guess new metal, right? Yeah. So Classic for people these days. Yes, <laughs> yes, we have that term. But, um, you know, if you think about like bands like Disturbed or Corn um, or, you know, Limp Bizkit, there's always singing or some sort of melody in songs that make it not like um, death metal or grindcore or something that only screams and you know that's the kind of shit that you know like I feel like most um, parents hate yeah it's like like, I can't understand the lyrics you know so they hate the band death yeah Yeah. Yeah. but those new metal bands um, I feel like they always had something that like you know real metal doesn't have and that's melody and um, more of a popular um they can get more fans, I guess, is the right way to put it. Yeah. It's it's more universal. Yeah. It's very approachable. Right. And it's, it's dream theater. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's cool, man. I mean, like, and, and not just because the crowds are bigger do I want to play it, but it's like I said, as I get older, my music changes and my, my taste changes and whatever I'm listening to, then all of a sudden I'll get burnt out on that. And like right now, um, you know, I'm listening to different things than I ever have and um exploring uh even like country and stuff like I would, mm-hmm. I would never have done in the past but now all of a sudden I've got these friends that are um in that in that scene mm-hmm. and I'm like becoming more and more of a songwriter or songwriter as I get 
you know, older. And I'm like, well, I could do that. So I'll go try to check that out and see what it's about. And then I discover an artist that I actually like, you know, yeah. so. Is that, is that had an impact on like, you know, that different mindset, I guess, about music had an impact on this latest record or? This latest release um, was primarily done by, so our drummer is a fantastic producer. He went to school for everything. He's, he's great. Um, him and our vocalist went off to LA and wrote the majority of the album. Um, we typically, like the, the album before that was more done as a band. Um, but this one was kind of last minute. It just kind of was supposed to be a writing session. It turned into a month and a half recording session. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it kind of came back and it seemed like we had a lot of radio style hits, but um, the label wanted something heavy and kind of brought back the, the fire, you know? So I went to Houston. Uh, we recorded a song called Soul Revolution that ended up being the title of the record. Um, and it kind of had more of that heavy vibe, uh, more aggressive uh, rapping and whatnot so yeah i mean i'm, pr- I'm proud of the album I-, I like the song a lot um the better noise has been amazing to us i mean they've allowed us to go on these big ass tours and you know kind of get our name out there and stuff so i have they got your rv I- you know right yeah right i mean we didn't buy one we had to rent it and <laughs> straight straight out. we, we, we should have we should have bought one now as as many times we've rented one and stuff right, but yeah. you know it is what it is but i have no bad words to say about them that's good yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people hate their labels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, I fucking hate them. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, they've been great, man. Yeah, we were bracing for you to trash talk them, maybe. You know, <laughs> know. That's um, the best kind of podcast where yeah. you just throw all the heat, man. Yeah. Just worry about the consequences later. Yeah, yeah. What did I say? Shit. <laughs> we had to edit some stuff out of uh, Costa's podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, did we, what Yo, did we take yeah. out? Well, oh, I mean, I guess we can't we can't say it right well, now. Well, I mean, give I me, give me a hint. the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, he uh, did a uh, he paid for a feature from the uh, oh, yeah. first Ronnie. lead singer of Dance Gavin Dance, Ronnie Radke, right? <laughs> no, oh, the uh, other one. <laughs> oh, there's more. There's more tea. There's a lot. Johnny oh, Craig. Okay. Johnny Craig. Sorry, yeah. who am I thinking? Is, was Ronnie Radke even in that band, or I just name a random dude? No, that's another. He's in that other Escape the Fate. Escape the Fate. Yeah. yeah, he was in Escape the Fate. Now he's doing big shit with his new band. Yeah, no, uh, I'm so, so bad with names and authors and uh, actresses and actors. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that one, right? No. So Not yes, he uh, the, he's still he's still waiting on the the verse, dude. Well, that dude got a bunch of shit for like the MacBook. Stuff. Oh yeah, dude. He's yeah. Every time I hear his name, it's it's always very fun to hear what happens next. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. We did edit some stuff out of that one. Yeah, yeah we tried to <laughs> try to protect some the names of the innocent a little bit. Yeah. The innocent. What do you do? You spit like a big <laughs> on there? Like what do you <laughs> just technical difficulties? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So if you get out of pocket, you're good. We'll, All right, cool, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll edit yeah, some yeah. stuff out. Yeah. So you said you've been doing some songwriting for some people. Who have you been writing songs for? Man, so um, this is kind of like a new step in in my whole you know growing with music and stuff. The latest one, I'm, you know, me and my the guitar player working with a dude named Austin Mead. He's yeah. local. I know. Well, semi-local. Is, yeah, I've, I've been to a couple of his shows, actually. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's crushing it right now, man. They just got off of two tours with ZZ Top. Nice. The direct support for ZZ Top. Um, and funny story. So, like, um, our other guitar player in the band, Jameson. Yeah. His best friend growing up was this dude named Brad. He was uh, in a few bands with Brad before, he, before Jameson joined Fire From The Gods. And recently, um, you know, I guess Brad had been musicless since he was in a band with J-Mo. Well, recently, after 
you know, working on these songs. His name kind of got thrown in the pot. He's a great bass player. And Jameson, I don't know, I don't know how that all worked out, but um, Brad joined the band as a full-time bass player, and he's like chilling on stage, and Billy Gibbons is watching him every single day on stage. <laughs> They're about to go back on tour with, um, I'm not sure if this is announced yet, but it's going to be with uh, ZZ Top and Skinner. Oh, shit. So we'll they, got, they, got, they got big shit coming up, man. I mean, we, we could look it up and see if yeah. you know it's announced and stuff, but um, it's exciting, man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm proud, of the, I'm proud of that guy a lot. Recently, you- I went to a uh, like a singer songwriter country concert that was like all day long, and Austin Mead was one of them. Just did like an acoustic set for like forty minutes. Dude, he's great, man. Yeah, he's he's playing in town. I think either like sometime this week, but it's kind of just him and you know on acoustic again. Yeah. So same kind of vibe as what you probably yeah, saw. It's, it's, so it's very we, nice. Did he hear any of your songs? Uh. Wait, did Joey or Austin? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Did, did he? Did was he hearing which, a which song? Oh no, no, no. no. So, so we, we only worked on one. We sent him a couple of pre-pros. Um, we were kind of recording that as you know this new Soul Revolution was getting recorded. We were, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little jealous. I was like, where, where the where was my invite? You know, so it was one of those I kind mean, of things. But yeah. you know, it just didn't work out timing, I guess, or budget wise. I don't really know the issue. But um, so we got together and started writing while they were gone and. That was one of the songs that we ended up doing. And I think Austin's team or whatever label, I, I think he, I don't really know his label situation. I think it's changing right now. But um, he, he liked it and wrote some lyrics to it and got his band to like do, you know, guest vocals on it. And they sent me the stems and I edited them and I think it came out really cool. So I hope they use it. If they, if they don't, then, you know, that's how music goes. Yeah. yeah. You still got paid for it though, right? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, no. just kind of, no, it's, you know, I wish, I hope, you know. One day, yeah, one day. Let's see if it gets out it, there. It, you know? it, yeah, it keeps <laughs> the juices going, man. I mean, if if they if they end up putting on the album, then you know, I don't really know how that works royalty wise with a band that I'm not in. But yeah, um, at the end of the day, it's still something I can take. You yeah, know, a lot. Of, I guess that, that concert that I went to that he performed at, it was a lot of country artists from around the local area that write music for other people. So there was a guy named Bruce Robinson that actually wrote for like the Dixie Chicks and George oh, and stuff. Damn. Yeah. And he the would chicks. perform. The yeah, chicks. The, the chicks. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. They changed it or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, you know. You know. 2020. There was a lot going on. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. So they 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 no longer claim the Dixie part of their name. Yeah. 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 yeah the chick sounds cooler too. Honestly. <laughs> Whenever I was looking at the ACL lineup, I was like, "Who the hell are the chicks?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't know either, man. Yeah. I'd have to look that up. Well. Speaking of festivals, man, you've been on some crazy big festivals I've been seeing, yeah. We have gotten very, very lucky. Um, our booking agent, Matt Pike, is a, he's a G, man. Like, he's, he's one of the best people in the industry. The mu- music industry is full of sticky, you know, two-faced people. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the worst, honestly. Like, and I never would have thought that, but, you know, there's, there's very good people and there's very bad people. And yeah. Matt Pike, shout out Matt Pike, but… Shout out, Matt. That dude has gotten us on some badass festivals. I mean, like I said, Better Noise kind of contributed to that a lot. But um, we did a festival circuit in Europe earlier this year. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most fun tour I've ever been on. We were in a Sprinter that had no AC because they don't have AC in Europe, I guess, in cars. It's not even like a thing. Like yeah, They didn't really. even have an option for it because it's cool there a lot, right? Yeah, we're from Texas. You know? yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got to have our <laughs> damn AC, man. understand that concept. Do they have heaters? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they got like, you know, uh, the ones that are on the wall that are like metal that, you know, look like coils. I'm trying to think of what those things are even called. I guess the they're The thing heaters. at your grandma's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. The thing in the double wide that, you know. But, um... 
that tour was incredible. It was based upon, I think the first two shows were Rock'em Ring and Rock'em Park in Germany. Mm-hmm. One of which was, I can't remember which one, but um, sounds terrible, but there was this famous speech that Hitler made where <laughs> there's like this crazy open field in the middle of this like fortress kind of looking thing. And um, I believe it was Rock'em Park. And we ended up playing an amphitheater indoors that was built on the same premise. But um, we snuck up to where uh, he did the speech just to go smoke a bowl and kind of yeah. like <laughs> be like, wow, like yeah. this, there was some evil shit that happened yeah, up here. Kanye up there? Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Lurking in the shadows. So, so we, were trying to, we were trying to, you know, just kind of uh, sage the area with our potent. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and we we're having to lay low because I don't really know what the, you know, what the trespassing charges are. There was no fence or anything. I mean, it was like just kind of coned off. Like we don't want another Brittany Griner situation. Bro, we don't, like, <laughs> I don't want y'all to get snatched Jesus. up. Jesus, welcome home, Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> but man, that, yeah, it was it was cool, man. It was, both festivals were great. We did um we did a bunch um that were really good. A couple of them got canceled. Novarock was canceled, and that was one of the main ones I really wanted to do. Um, Foo Fighters was supposed to play, and obviously that'll never happen. You know, I don't really know. What, their situation is like for touring ever again. Yeah. But um, there was this, a ton of festivals that either got rained out. I think we played all but three. And I think there was 13 on the on the list. Because it's just weather? Weather was, yeah, weather was either too hot or, you know, too rainy or whatever the situation too was. Too hot. Bro, it was, it was gnarly. <laughs> like, I did not expect um, it to be the way it was. You really? Know? But um, yeah, one was so muddy that they like they were calling it like um, I don't know, like they couldn't let people into the area because of so much mud. Like we're they were getting stuck and stuff. What the hell? And we got there like last minute. We're the first band to play on main stage, biggest stage I've ever probably been a part of. They had a catwalk into the crowd about fifty yards. Nuts, right? So we're like trying to figure out like the wired mic situation. Are we have to go wireless, and, like rent one, or like what are we gonna do? Yeah. And we got all of our shit set up. We're like late getting the festival. We're having to drive through a crowd of people and like, like get out of the way. But for them to get out of the way, they had to like get in the mud. So it's like, we're not going the right way, but there's a language barrier. And honestly, thanks to our drummer, Richie, he's, he's a bilingual or trilingual or whatever. He's, uh, he can speak fluent German. And the dude just, he, he was an excellent person to have on a tour yeah. over there to like be able to communicate and stuff. Um, but we showed up to the stage like 15 minutes before, before we were supposed to go on. And at this point, we're pretty good at, like, getting shit done fast pace wise But this includes, like, having somebody, like, pick up our gear from a van and then make sure it doesn't get in the mud and carry it by hand over to, like, where the stage is. Take it up, like, numerous ramps. Bring it up to, like, you know, gigantic stage. And then we're having to set everything up fast pace, fast pace. Yeah. Get it all set up. And I'm walking back to, like, finally grab a beer. And I see this dude walking up to me. And he's got like, he's a stage manager, I can tell. And he's got like, you know, 14 walkie-talkies on him or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Not really, but. Um, and he's got this look on his face like, I'm about to tell these guys that it's something they don't want to hear. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man. They, I just got confirmation that, you know, y'all aren't playing. Because I, I kind of knew it because it was, we were supposed to play in like nine minutes and there's no one let in the festival yet. So yeah, Jeez. I was hoping they just push back all the time slots, but that was not the case. So. Yeah, could have lost a few fans to the mud, though, man. You know, no man. Uh, you know, quicksand style. Yeah, uh, never-ending story style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure. But, yeah, we uh, don't want that. You know, all those festivals are great, though, man. We did, um, we did a lot of good ones. So I was 
it's it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, those like the biggest the biggest shows that you you played. Those are some of the biggest ones. Um, I feel like the biggest festivals we've ever played were actually here in the states. Danny Wimmer has a bunch of festivals here. He does uh, Rock and Ring, Rock and Park. Sorry, I'm saying the same ones that were earlier. He does um, uh, Carolina Rebellion, Aftershock Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest show was probably Carolina Rebellion for us. That was about four or five years ago. Uh, we had just released Narrative. And for whatever reason, that area of the country plays us on um, terrestrial radio a lot. So I think with that and Octane… the On Sirius? Sirius. Yeah. I think with their powers mm-hmm. combined, that area of the world just listens to that kind of music more maybe. Or yeah. that yeah. area of the United States. And those people are just crazy, man. Like, they're they're the best fans, but they're they will like literally camp out for like a week before that weekend starts, and then <laughs> it's gnarly, man. Yeah, that was actually one of my questions: is where's the most random spot that y'all are huge in, bro? Wherever Carolina Rebellion is, I think it's I think it's South Carolina. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but they have it set up on this. Cr- I mean, like. Have you ever walked to like the RV or the camping areas in these festivals? I try not to. It is absolutely <laughs> insanity. Yeah. Like A to Z, uh, one through a hundred, and they're like little you know spots that you can put your yeah. vehicle on. And I mean, I, w- I was walking through there to like try to find one of the band members, and he's like, "Yeah, it's next to like the wacky, wavy, inflatable arm balloon guy." And like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm trying to find this shit. He's like, "Yeah, I think that's like." Uh, T42. So I'm like trying to figure that on the grid. And I got asked basically, you know, we had just played the show and I guess my they had a Jumbotron stage for on either side. And usually I'm not the guy that's recognizable at all. I'm like the, you know, the normal. You're not, dude. you're not the 6'4 uh, yeah. black dude. Yeah, in the it's band. Not, that's not me. <laughs> so like getting asked, like, you know, for autographs and shit is very rare for the rest of the band and stuff. But on my way to find wherever they were at in this grid system, like I got asked. Yo, you want to take a hit of this bong? Hey, you want to bump at this? You know, <laughs> there you go. You know, I got a horse drink a lot. I'm like, get the, <laughs> get the hell out of my face, man. I'm trying to find my friends. and like, yeah. take a shot of booze, man. Like, yeah. y'all are hardcore out here. <laughs> but those those festivals are gnarly, man. I like all of them. That's my that's my favorite shows to play is the festivals. Nice, yeah. For sure. So, uh, can you, can you uh, rewind us all the way back? Can you take us back to the very beginning? You know, how the, the hell did uh, this shit start? Yeah, the pre. My dad and my pre, mom uh, big, hooked big up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That used to be one of our questions. Like, yeah. tell us about the night you were conceived. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take it back to the start of the band. Like, yeah, like, yeah. So, um, I think the very first time I can remember is we did an EP and I was sent a picture of the EP. It was like, you know, on a burned disc and it was handwritten like Fire from the Gods EP. Uh, 2005. So I think that was the birth of the band sometime in 05. I don't know if that was like our first practice or whatever. Mm-hmm. The lineup was extremely different than it is now. Um, but it makes history, right? I mean, we're on our seventh singer. We're on our fourth drummer. Uh, third bass player. So it just kind of goes back. But lineup was completely different. I mean, it was with you know some of my best friends. Um, you know, unfortunately, as you get older, you kind of lose touch with a lot of people. Yeah. But um, it sounded completely different. We are definitely a lot heavier, in a sense. Definitely different influences, in a sense. But… Um, but you think you were influenced by, like, at the very beginning? 
the very beginning, I was listening to a lot of um, Norma Jean, Every Time I Die, uh, The Bled, um, a lot of Southern metal kind of mm-hmm. stuff, you know, a lot of bands that were local. Um, I was influenced by like Set of Flame. Uh, there was a band from um, College Station named Bonnie Blue that we were really good friends with. So I think just listening to our friends' music was inspiring enough back then to like really create something that, you know, you wanted to tour with these guys. It's like, yeah, let's go do this Southern metal tour, you know, and like, um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of how it all started as far as um, being into a genre. But at the same time, like bands like Whitechapel and stuff like that, more deathcore was also yeah, really yeah, big yeah. and stuff. and um, suicide silence and stuff that was just popping off as far as like uh, what do you call it like uh, warp tour and stuff yeah yeah warp tour mm-hmm. bands you know so for sure yeah I think I was still kind of figuring out what I was really into and like what I wanted to play and that's hard to do because it's like you want to play all these different genres and stuff and maybe that's the reason like why we are kind of so sporadic with our music writing is no one really you know I don't think we're the kind of band that has to I don't think any band is the kind of band that has to stick with the genre. Certain bands do, and that's totally fine. Um, we just haven't really had that problem, I guess, because we have a vocalist that, I guess, can kind of do a little bit of this and that. So might as well write songs that, you know, can be heavier, can be very hip-hop influenced, or be um, more commercial. It's like there's not really a reason when you have a vocalist that's like that to allow yourself to only do one thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who came up with the name? Fire from the Gods. Um, I don't know who came up with the name. I believe it, it was me, but oh, take, take your credit. Yeah, man. I, I, honest. I've always expected that it was you. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I so I know where it's assumed. from. I know where it's from. So basically, there was this band called Horse the Band. Yeah, um, I remember them. So Horse the Band had the song called Cutsman, and at the very beginning of the song, there's this sample, and the sample is this is the part where it gets all fucked up. The sample is from a Nintendo commercial call and they were having a commercial for this thing called the power glove and it was oh, like basically yeah. something you put on your hand and you're you can you gotta, drive you push the, a car you can push the buttons <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like you know like um like a wii like if you have a yeah. wii stick you can kind of yeah. like turn the thing well this power glove essentially will let you to turn the car in the game or some shit yeah yeah but in that commercial for that nintendo product there was a commercial on that commercial where these kids are watching tv <laughs> These kids are watching TV and it's like something, I think it's a movie called The Wizard. And so Oh yeah, with the, with, with the with the the Savage Brothers. Bro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, but so in the commercial, this dude's like talking about the power glove, and you hear at the very beginning, he's like, What's that? Fire from the gods. And I was like, that's that's kind of a cool name, you know. And like randomly it kind of stuck, and I was like, hey, this is you know an option we could use, and that's that's kind of how it all started. Just yeah. from I, but I got it from Horse to Band, you know? Yeah. Nice. So when, before you got here, we were talking about, like, we were trying to figure out when when y'all first started and we were laughing about, remember when uh, uh, Teddy and Duan had a all-black metal band called Within White Shadows? Oh, my <laughs> God, bro. And we were laughing about how great of a name yeah, that was. Very I completely great forgot name. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys talked to Teddy? I haven't. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't seen him in so long, no. man. Yeah, it's been a while. We used to see him. So his bass player's name was like Josh Junk or something like mm-hmm. that. And his his folks owned the um, Dan and Franz hamburgers. Yeah. And uh, I remember he had this property. I remember like, going to a show at there for a Halloween yeah. party. And, and the cops showed up and stuff. Yes, yes. 
So that you know, he has it's this, like a daddy chill situation. <laughs> yeah. da- oh my god, that video popped up today. Daddy chill. I don't know what the fuck he did. What, what is that? No one's gonna know what the hell that is. Like, daddy you know, chill. That video cracks me up though. But yes, yeah, like went to the show. Same, same. I was, I was at the same exact one. But they had like that big warehouse, and they had like the Dan statue inside of there. It's like massive, <laughs> tall, super sick property. I remember those shows are great. Though, yeah, like, that was a lot of fun. Back yeah, in yeah, those days. yeah. That was like really like when I feel like I could just like I was unstoppable drinking wise. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I could just get so fucked up and like, we, were like uh, I, we just had to work it out. You know, we, we had to were twenty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have like one DD, oh, yeah. and you have like Legal. eight people hopping one like you know Civic. <laughs> yeah. And somehow uh, all hop in Zach Costa's brother's car. Yep. <laughs> hey, yeah. pile them in. Shout out Nathan. <laughs> yeah, Nathan. Yeah. Man. Man, so uh, y'all have gone through a lot of uh, different band members, like you said, right? Mm. So when when y'all finally got signed to Rise Records, y'all put out the album Narrative. You said yes. So y'all got to do a retold with that with Jonathan Davis. Yes. How how did that come about, and how did how was that? How was that, honestly? Jonathan Davis. I don't know who connected those dots. Um, I'm trying to think. So there's this band called American Me. That was super heavy band back in the day. I was super influenced by them. And he was best friends with a dude. I think the guy that signed us was named Matt. Um, He was the owner of Rise, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I forget his name. Sorry. But um, either Tony from American Me got us. Basically, he handed our demo off to Matt that got assigned to Rise. And I think it was either Matt that knew him or somebody knew JD from whatever, you know, I have no idea. I'm imagining that that's the only way I can think of it because he's a, he's a big shit, man. He owns a record label and Jonathan Davis, you know, I don't know who else would have introduced us. You call him, you call him JD? Yeah, J. Oh, and, yeah, not to his face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, just you know my boy. So yeah, like that was, that was cool as shit, man. We did a couple of records at um, our, our couple of songs at our drummer's house, Richie. And um, songs came out great, man. Like, I mean, like I was stoked on them and then they're like, you got to go redo these um, at JD's house. And actually the songs that, this was not the reimagined, um, this is not the same one. They, actually, no, I, I completely just backtracked myself. It was, they added a song called Voiceless and a song called The Taste. The Taste, yes. And then I believe an acoustic track or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a long time. We don't play any of those songs and stuff. <laughs> play, play the voices. But, um, so we flew out to Bakersfield or drove out there. I can't remember. I think we drove out there. Um, Bakersfield is one of the most, well, it's actually Oildale is kind of um, the surrounding area. So if you play Grand Theft Auto, you know exactly what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where, that's where with the country dude's from. Yeah, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. So as you can imagine, this Bakersfield is one of the most racist places I've ever been. Okay. Full of meth. It's yeah. terrible. Meth city. Um, tons of robbers. So like JD has this um, little, um, it's got a gate around his entire property. And he bought this property. This is like this show in like the 60s or 70s or something. Um, it was on TV. And it was called like, like Woody's or like something like that. I'm having a, I'm trying to blank thinking of what it was. But it was on TV. It's in this theater. And it was like this honky tonk like show. I, my mom would be like. Like a show about a bar or something? Huh? <laughs> like a show about a bar or something? Or? I think it was like more of like a. A live action show. I don't know, man. It was it was just something like super honky tonk, but it was like um, 
a dude talking on stage. Okay. Anyway, so JD's property is literally where that was filmed. And I know that kind of makes a terrible story thinking about that. But <laughs> anyway, so like his property's got this big theater area where, where all the seats used to be in a theater to film this live action thing. He ripped up all the seats and he's got all this corn memorabilia. Super sick. Like one of their first, you know, signs they ever had on stage that just has corn. Um, all these guitar cabinets, like everything they just didn't, you know, decide to sell. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of, I guess, keeping it for memorabilia purposes. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but. So he's a hoarder. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> dude. That in the early stages. Dude, he was so nice. His family was so nice. Um, this was the same time. We were, I think we were there for six nights or something like that. This is the same time that one of the greatest comebacks in Super Bowl history ever happened. It was the Falcons against the Patriots. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Bro. <laughs> so, JD is not into football at all. He has uh, three kids. He's got Nathan, which is the oldest. Um, a dude that they call Pirate. And, nice. And the littlest is Zeppelin. Okay. Zeppelin. They're all, they're all super cool. But I was watching the game in this random room and Zeppelin was in when they were with me. They call him Zeppi. So, he was in there with me and… JD would stick his head in every once in a while. What's the score? I'm like, this is such a trip just like spending time with you guys. You know, <laughs> Y'all got stuff. to stay there on the at property? His, yeah. I mean like yeah, that's, cool. that's not necessarily his house but the studio has yeah. like, you know, a massive control room, gigantic live drum room, um, obviously like a vocal booth um, and then that big theater area that just had all this corn shit that was just so cool to like walk around in there and be like, that's epic. Like no one else is ever going to see this kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? Not, even, not even like I doubt that he remembers he has some of that stuff. You know, like, I don't know. He's got this dude named Bud, or Buddy. I can't remember his name. And he lived in the parking lot in this uh, RV. And he was like their old… Talking about RVs a lot on this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Shout shout out to RVs. RVs, baby. (laughs) But um, he was living in this RV uh, in the parking lot. And I think he was um, one of the guitar player's old… Guitar techs. So, because I remember he had like a guitar picks with his name on them, you know, and like maybe like head or um, monkey's name on the other side. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but there was this one time when somebody had to like go use the restroom and the other restroom was taken. It's like, yeah, just go out there. It's, it's all good, you know. But he has this fake snake that like <laughs> is under the toilet area. Like it's a, <laughs> I, I don't really know how to explain it. It's kind of like this little cabinet right here, you know what I'm saying? And the toilet's kind of up. And the fake snake looks real as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it was Bonner, our bass player, that went into there to you know use the restroom, and it scared the hell of him. And he was like, "Yeah, man, that's my pet snake." Like, just scared the hell out of all of us. I'm like, "I'm not going to the RV ever, dude." Like, uh, hell no. Yeah. But that experience was insane, man. Like, he had this. Um, he had a closet upstairs full of like hundreds of guitar pedals. Yeah. So at one point, we're trying to figure out like effects for guitars. It's like, let's go in there and like kind of look around and stuff, you know? And like, I mean, it was that was probably the most fun thing ever. It's just being like, I want to try these eight pedals out. Nice. And then we took them back to, the, you know, the console room and got to like check them all out and stuff. Nice. Very cool. Who was, uh, who was Zeppi rooting for in the Super Bowl? I don't think any of them really gave a shit. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was honestly going for the underdogs and I was like, oh, this game is crazy. Like, you know, like Patriots at that point, like unstoppable. I, yeah. I, I don't know if they had a, Almost a perfect season that year, but I remember there, you know, Tom Brady was in Tom Brady's mode. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. he was crushing. Yeah. Super annoying um era. But yeah, man. Uh 
that was one of the craziest games I've ever watched. Like when it comes that far <laughs> in the, in the in <laughs> yeah, season. that was ridiculous. Wild. Uh, good I'm glad man, I didn't, Ryan. Just glad I didn't put any money on that. <laughs> man, yeah. y'all watched that game the other day. The biggest NFL comeback in ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Against Vikings. Matt Ryan again. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Poor guy, game. man. Matt Ryan. Let it come on the show, man. Talk <laughs> about why you always give up the biggest leads in NFL history. Poor guy, man. Dude, that that was crazy. That was crazy. I was driving back from Lubbock and my, my service was pretty shot, but I was dedicated. I think it took me five hours to watch it because it kept stopping all the time. <laughs> but it's like a six-hour drive, so it was entertaining, man. I was texting Kellen about it, and he was like, why are you still watching? And I was like, I think the Vikings are coming back. Yeah, yeah, man. I was like, no. That no, whole, that I think whole I laughed had the momentum and shit going. You know, like, they were getting <laughs> crunk in there, dude. Like, everyone was just going wild. It was, uh, a, it was a good game, man. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. So you brought up um, your bassist, Bonner. Mm-hmm. You two are the only original members Bonner, left from the beginning was, or no? Yeah, he was close to the beginning. Um, we had a dude named Omar in the band a little bit before him. But Bonner joined maybe a year in or something like that. Maybe not even a year in. For a while, we just had two guitar players. We didn't have a bass player on stage. It was, it was weird. I would just boost my bass on my amp. Mm. And you know my other buddy, Tony, he would do the same thing just to make us have that low end live. Yeah. But realistically, that wasn't going to work for long. So Bonner is definitely the, the second oldest member mm-hmm. in the band. Um, and then the other three members were Tony, a guitar player, one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, at the time, uh, I think we we're on our fifth drummer, so sixth drummer. His name was Judson. And the vocalist at the time, I think, was a dude named Eric July. And so whenever this all this drama happened with Eric July. Oh, Eric July. Eric July doesn't have a little bit of reputation in this bro. scene. <laughs> yeah, this dude's… So we found him through uh, YouTube. He does a lot of covers online. So, you know, we're looking for a vocalist and he just has all these covers where he's, you know, does really good covers of different bands and stuff. So we're like, dude, just let's hit him up, see what the deal is. And he was interested. And then shortly afterwards, um, it kind of just seemed like he didn't want to tour. He didn't want to tour. Well, that was a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were, like you know, that quick correction. We, like we were gung ho about getting on the road and kind of doing it that way. And, you know, he had a lot going on. He had a degree from A&M, I believe, or some school. Dude's a very intelligent dude. But he um, just wasn't kind of about that. He kind of wanted to just keep doing YouTube videos and like yeah. had a different idea for how to get big. Well, didn't he start a band called Backwards after all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. So Backwards started. I mean, man, to this day, it's so funny. Like, there was so much drama that happened. Like, we basically… Um, you know, replaced him because he didn't want to tour. So I don't know if you're going to call that parting ways in a good way or a bad way. I but mean, it seems like it was a necessary move to yeah, make. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone's kind of happy. He gets to keep doing what he wants to do. Yeah. We, you know, we get to, you know, remain doing what we want to do. Um, but, you know, when he joined the band, you know, we, we continued playing songs that we wrote with Michael Borrego. And when Michael joined the band, we continued doing songs that Jeb was in the band. And, you know, we kind of stopped. We, you weed those out as you continue writing, right? Yeah, but if they're still a banger with your fan base, and it's like, well, I'm not gonna stop playing this song. Mm-hmm. So whenever Eric decided to leave, we um, we had two vocalists that came in. We had this mm-hmm. dude named Chris Martis and AJ, who was our current singer. So we're doing this like double vocal situation going on, which is super cool. You know, like allows each um, vocalist to kind of take breaks and breathe in between their lines and stuff. And Eric July had a lot to say. He's got a lot of bars, you know. And yeah. he, he he was a, honestly, I mean, like, he he was good, you know. 
um, and he was really good at what he did. But as soon as we had this double vocalist thing going on and Eric Jai left, we re- re- we re-recorded the song called Eat, and that did not sit well with Eric at all. It's like, why would you, why would you do this? To a certain extent, it's like, yeah, maybe we should just left that song with your lyrics on it. But to our respect, we credited him on everything we did. Mm-hmm. Lyrics written by Eric July. He's a YouTube guy. It's like, why wouldn't we credit this dude? You know, like, we don't have anything bad to say about him. Like, I'm, you know, at the time at all, I was like, credit needs to be words too. It's just kind of like, you release an album and your producer helps write stuff. You credit that producer yeah. even though they're not on the song. Yeah. So, so wait, why, <clears throat> why did you guys read, why did you redo it? We redid it because we hadn't released it yet with Eric. Okay. We, I mean, we, I, think, I think we had just released it and then it was like, you know, the whole parting ways happened. It's like, well, this will give us a chance to debut a song that we had just written as four other members of the band mm-hmm. and still keep Eric's song alive with our new vocalist. Um, I know that kind of does sound tricky, but… It's like a bridge. So like- but in our heads, it's like, well, you know, the dude's song is still going to be a part of this band, but, you know, it's like almost like… Um, I don't know. It's 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 a way to bridge the gap, like you're kind yeah. of saying. Yeah, I mean, it was like timing wise, and then like in your head, you're still giving him credit. So right, yeah, right. So it was kind of a you know an easy thing. Well, we found Eric because he's got a lot of followers online. He's got like fifty thousand followers at the time on YouTube alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also like pre Instagram and shit like that. You know, like I don't think any of those things, platforms really popping off. But he made a big name for himself and probably well deserved. You know, so point is, to this day, man, we can release a song. You know this this new album and you'll still be, see like backwards fans like get back eric july or you know, like, <laughs> backwards is better and it's like bro like get the fuck out of here like this is you know nothing happened before the lineup we have now you know like i'm not saying that backwards is is not a good band i don't know i don't listen to them i have no idea yeah, but the I've point is is their fans are relentless bro and it's been like over Eight years, nine years now, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, you guys got to be like at least like thirty by now. Like, <laughs> y'all are still sitting on the internet wasting your time because no one's reading your comments. You know, like, uh, I'll see one occasionally just because you know I do. I guess I, I guess I do read the comments occasionally. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, especially when you put a new record, you want to see how people are. You know, yeah, think of it and stuff. Yeah, but we're sitting here. You know, three full links later, two EPs later. And every once I see that comment, like, God damn, bro. <laughs> I mean, apparently they're one of your biggest rivals. You should check them out. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I remember uh, when y'all had parted ways and how much shit he was talking about y'all bro, as a band. Anyway, when y'all replaced him with AJ, I guess, uh, he just kept saying that y'all were trying to keep the gimmick going of having a black singer. <laughs> I'm like, bro, our first bass player was black. <laughs> be, be, before, before that, I was in a band with Vonzo and Jody. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, dude, like, I'm not just going for. <laughs> I'm not just you know like this is not like that. It's like yeah, we, I have, we've been diverse. Yo, God damn it. come on, man! Like get the race card out of y'all's head, you know. And it's embarrassing because I'm like y'all are y'all are looking at me like you know. It, it it's it made me very uncomfortable, but I'm glad that whole situation is now dissolved. We we were on tour um, and came back, and they happened to be playing in Austin, and we're like, "Fuck it, let's show up to the show. Let's nice. Just, let's just squash this shit," you know. Hmm. And AJ's like, well, I'll do it. Let me talk to him. I'm like, cool. I mean, if they fight, they fight. You black know. to black, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can. Trying I can, to heal the divide. I'll be sitting there with my phone, you know. <laughs> Recording it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, come and take it live. They're on, they're on tour with like Vanna and um, somebody else. Backwards was. 
Well, AJ disappears. We all lose him. And then he comes back like 10 minutes later. He's like, everything's good. Like, that's it. <laughs> After like six years of bullshit arguing online and just keyboard warrior shit, I'm like, that's it. Like, why couldn't y'all just, why couldn't y'all just let this go a long ass time ago? So wait, that was really, that, that really squashed it? I guess it. he approached him while he's sitting at his merch table and he was by himself. AJ was by himself and kind of just like, what are you, what's the, what's the deal? You know, I, I, I wasn't there for the conversation, so I don't yeah. want to say what happened, but yeah. I'm glad all that's done, man. You know, no offense to backwards or any of those dudes. I just, I just don't, I don't understand the whole hateful shit, you know? <laughs> no, I don't. It's like, I don't even know the rest of the band, man. Like, <laughs> you know, these guys, I don't know. Maybe the rest of the band's cool. Maybe Eric's cool. I don't know. I mean, everybody grows up and hopefully it's all done. You know? Yeah, backwards. Come on the show, man. Let's talk <laughs> yeah, about it. Are they even still a band? I, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Uh, Eric July. Come on, man. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. I mean, like I said, even when we spent time with Eric, like, I, I don't, I don't regret those times. It's just kind of, you know, shit goes on and here we are, so. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the questions I was going to ask too is like, you coming from the very beginning, Bonner coming from the very beginning, it was like a long time, I think, before, you know, from then all the way to like narrative. And like, right. We told like, what what was that whole process like? I guess like, how did you, did was there any, any, any time in there where you thinking like, where are we going? Like, do I, Right. Am I going to stop doing this or like? So this is a perfect time for this question because we're still on the Eric July debate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so um, our we had this dude named Dave Dickens. He was our first manager. He loved the band with Eric July. He was like, dude, y'all are like one of my favorite bands. He used to do this thing called Headbang for the Highway. And what that is, is basically he would go on tour or have his, uh, you know, uh, co-workers go on tour. Um, and they would have these, they would host these battle of the bands. So for instance, if they came to Austin, they would have, you know, like eight bands on this battle of the bands, maybe even more than that, maybe 15. I don't even know. Start early in late. But basically the winner of the battle of the bands that day would be guaranteed a spot on like the tour that would come through later on in the year, like summer slaughter or all-stars tour mm -hmm. or something like where like Whitechapel or Chelsea Green would be headlining like some of these brutal ass festivals and stuff but there were tours that that are there were festivals that toured kind of like um warp tour right yeah so I've ever seen y'all on an all-stars tour before yeah yeah so yeah. it wasn't just like a, a festival that would happen in one city in one city only it would it'd be like a touring festival mm -hmm. um so we started you know working with Dave and we we won a couple of them, and you know who knows if that's because Dave's judging or not. I don't really know how it works, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it kind of worked out for us. We didn't really ask questions, and um, so Eric July was still in the band for those, um, and that kind of allowed us to meet AJ because after Eric quit, Dave Dickens also knew this band from Virginia that AJ was in, and he knew this band from. Um, well, there's another local band called Hero and Me, but our drummer Richie played guitar for Hero and Me. He's from Houston. So Dave Dickens kind of put all these puzzle piece members, basically the three guys that quit, um, were replaced by Dave Dickens' winners in, you know, these other cities and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he was honestly like kind of the, the the stepping stone that made Fire from the Gods, Fire from the Gods, the lineup it is now. So he was like your... Um... Who's that guy that used to, that built like the Backstreet Boys and stuff? Oh, Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. <laughs> yeah. He's like your Lou Pearlman kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah, I guess so, man. But I not mean, I don't. All right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> was he a 
Oh, that on. guy was. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was about to say that's not offensive. No, no hate, like, no hate to, to Dave Dickens. He just he just made it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I was trying to Keto. give him credit. I was trying yeah, to give him credit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I Wait, it's or pedo? No, it's pedo. Stop saying say that. It. I got to bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> Certain words. Oh uh, man. Yeah. So, uh, at any point, did you ever consider just quitting the band through any of this? Man. Lineup changes and all yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot of change. I think everyone that's in a band has thought about quitting at one point or another. Um, my time came when I was in this band called Insurgents. Yeah. Um, they were kind of a little bit more aggressive band at the time. Um, I wasn't liking like where the Eric July lineup was going. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. We, we sucked live, man. I don't think we were very good live. And we weren't practicing enough. And I was an insurgent, and we were practicing, you know, five hours, three times a week, four yeah. times a week. We just go after it, man. Mm-hmm. We had a practice space, and we were like living in there, kind of just practicing. And so I started getting really confident in that band. Every time we play a show back with Fire, I was like, man, like this doesn't. It sounds whack, dude. Something about it, I just did not like. And so at that point, I really considered, you know, dropping it for Insurgents. Um, Insurgents was kind of a weird band that dude. I was like when I first joined, I was the only drinker, smoker, and meat eater in the band. Oh god! Everyone else was straight edge and vegetarian. <laughs> you, were, you were the fun one, bro. It was, but it was weird though, because like tour would be wild. Like, you know, it was like we, we would stop at normal places to eat. You know, we're broke as fuck, so we'd you know be at McDonald's and shit like that. But I'm sitting there eating meat. And drinking 40s in parking lots around people that don't do shit like that. <laughs> Probably because they have a very strong belief in why they don't do it, you know? So yeah, yeah. joining a band like that was very awkward. But at the same time, like, I mean, I, I that year, I think I toured with Insurgents for seven months out of the year and Fire probably too. So it was a busy-ass year. Yeah. Um, but I think also working that much just kind of gets you burnt out. So that was one of, well, I kind of when I wanted to just go down to one band. But I didn't. and. Fuck. <laughs> Thank God, man. Like, I mean, time tells, man. You know, everyone says, you know, stick to your craft and stick to this and shit. And, like, it's it's true, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. I mean, it just, if you waited out, it took me, or it took us, you know, finding this lineup. And, you know, with this lineup alone, I think we're seven years deep together. So, okay. this nice. lineup's been around for, for long enough to, to, you know, really work and grow together and stuff so 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 wait so in that time like what was the what was the thing you held on to or what made you like stay in it instead of just like dropping it? you know sometimes i feel like when a lineup change does happen um it's kind of refreshing and it makes you kind of energetic again yeah you kind of get this new spark it's like you know yeah you hate to see it but you know i don't want to say it right now because i love my girlfriend but you know it's like whenever you're in a shitty relationship <laughs> and all of a sudden you're single for the first time again yeah you know, and all of a sudden you're you're like, well, I got this new opportunity to go find somebody, that, you know, that's better. And that's not, like I said, the case in this situation at all. But, you know, my current girlfriend. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, for, you know when, you, when you get out of something toxic, um, you get excited. Yeah. Because you're, you're back in the market and, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what that made me feel like is as soon as it ended, it's like, well, it ain't over yet. You know, mm-hmm. we'll see what the next step kind of brings. and. And then, you know, Dave Dickens kind of finding us, that made it more interesting because he had friends. Like, you know, he's he's worked with a bunch of artists and, you know, he would name drop a lot of people and he's like, you know, worked with Wu-Tang and shit. And I'm like, I didn't know Dave at this time. So I'm like, 
is this it? Like being for real. Like, <laughs> I don't really know like, you know, what to believe because he, he would he knows everybody. And like, you know, at the time it's like this guy's new and he wants to manage my band. It's, it's crazy. So but coming to find out, I mean, he introduced us to Matt Pike and like these people that I said earlier. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he built us a good team. Um, and then whenever we signed a better noise, that kind of that kind of parted ways with him. And they like all their management and um all that kind of stuff in house. Mm-hmm. So that worked out best for for us then. Yeah. So, uh, so like you've had, I think you said you've had this like core group, like what seven years now. Mm-hmm. What's kind of um, what's like the creative process then with that group? Obviously, I mean it's working. Like right, you guys right. have been together for a while. So like, what's the what's the process that y'all have that that how do you come up with like your music and your songs? And stuff? I guess so. So far with this lineup, it's been kind of album to album. Um, like I said, this last album was kind of done in a weird way. Yeah. Um, the last two albums have been with this dude named Eric Ron that's based out of North Hollywood. Um, he's got this badass place. He he just did the newest Godsmack record. He's worked with tons and tons of artists. He's he's a great producer. Um, usually, I guess more recently, me and Jameson and our bass player kind of write more here. Um, Richie's been writing a lot with AJ in Houston. Um, nothing really goes without going through Richie to go further like you know we, we do pre-pro right mm-hmm. so we'll sit there and demo shit at my house or we'll demo shit at richie's house honestly i mean if richie's by far the best producer in the band so it's like it's kind of him and me and no one else really has like that kind of stuff you know going in their their houses yet um but we usually demo stuff out you know either with each other or not it's not like how it used to be though like back in the day we'd be get, we wanted music lab oh yeah and we'd just riff <laughs> yeah. it out together right there and make shit up you know and it's like it take hours just to find a riff because yeah. everybody's sitting there playing their own instruments and shit and it's like kind of chaotic but honestly kind of doing it at your house is a lot more comfortable as an adult because you kind of do it in your own time um somebody has a riff it's like well come over let's fucking write it you know mm-hmm. um i guess right now that's kind of how it is i mean jmo is a neighbor to me um richie lives in spring texas and he's now in uh new york um and then AJ lives like very far north. So depending on who writes the song, um, you know, if we, if we get something going, I'm like, yo, AJ, we got, you know, we got a couple, you know, a couple of bridges or a couple of verses and choruses, like come down, lay some shit over it. And then we'll kind of build from whatever you lay down, you know, build lead guitars off of what he sings rather than, you know, opposite. Yeah. And it's a lot more comfortable. Everyone's got kids. Our bass player's got two. AJ's got two. Um, and the rest of us, you know, have girlfriends and stuff. So, so wait, is that your preference, or is that just like what works? I think. You know I mean? Would I think you rather everybody be in the in the music lab it's, space? It's or? fun that way, but I don't think that's how anyone really does it anymore. I think it's a lot more affordable to be able to have a home studio and to have a Pro Tools session, you know, up in your house and mm-hmm. a laptop that can handle that kind of uh, bandwidth and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I think as I get older and technology gets cheaper, you know, I don't have a lot of hardware for my my guitar and stuff. I'm all in the box kind of guy. Like all my plugins are, are software. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got a Scarlet like you, um, but I really don't have a lot of hardware stuff or analog gear. So as things get cheaper and Black Friday sales exist and oh, stuff yeah, like that, yeah. bro, buy a whole suite of things. Yeah, there every Black Friday I spend you know two to five hundred dollars, and I get things that you know would normally cost a lot more than that. Yeah. But it's my favorite time of year, man. So now I'm just like sitting there, you know, playing with, playing with all my new in. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, those are fun times right there. Yeah, man. So I think, you know, doing it in our spare time and allowing people to come over and 
record their parts or us going to Houston and recording these demos that we have and turning them more into pre-production kind of stuff, that, you know, eventually goes to somebody like where we all go to Eric Ron's or they go to Eric Ron's or, um, or JD's or somebody that's more of a producer. We're the first band that ever went to JD when he was a producer role. Really? Yes. So he's got a mixing engineer um, named Bud that kind of did all the technical work on the computer. But Jonathan's got that creative mind, you know. He was showing our vocalists how to, you know, warm up a lot. And uh, that was a trip, dude. And, like, seeing this $10,000 microphone he was using was insane. But um, I think for for the time and day that we're in now, that's kind of the best way to go about it. Just, you know, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but, you know, each band is different. And yeah. I think that works best for us. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Do you feel like you've made it as a musician at this point? After we go into Jonathan Davis's house and being on all these big festivals and going on these long tours? Man, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. Um, you know, making it in your head when you're a kid is... You know, you see rock stars back then, and yeah. they are rich. Yeah. Um, it's completely now, different It's now. completely different. Now that, you know, streaming exists and um, all that kind of thing. You know, like back in the day, like Limp Biscuit and P.O.D. And, you know, we, we toured with P.O.D. And, like, I would hear how much they would spend on music videos and shit. It'd be like a yeah, quarter million, yeah. you know? They spent yeah. like a quarter million on a music video. A small movie. Wild yeah. shit. Yeah. Wild shit. Papa Roach, same kind of thing. Like, I missed corn. that though. Those, 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 those music yeah. videos are cool. And t- the whole TRL thing, you know, like, unfortunately, they don't play, like, 30 seconds of a song. But, yeah. <laughs> but realistically, man, like, they were throwing out big cash for shit. Yeah. And, you know, even, I guess, on a positive note is now we have iPhones that have, you know, 1080, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a completely different scenario now. But with streaming devices and all that kind of stuff, it's not like how it used to be, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, made it, I guess, is a term that it's hard. Do I, do I say that? as far as where I'm happy or do I say like financially, like it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, it's not like I've never made money playing music. I mean, we're finally to the part where we're paying ourselves on tour, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, XM got to cut us a check at one point because we were the most played song on Octane in 2020. Our song right now was, so we got a little, little, you know, check for that. Um, But realistically, it's not like, I don't think, Bands nowadays will ever kind of get paid what they were in the you know nineties or anything like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, you know, see you see TikTok stars now that can build a whole fan base from social media and then go hit the road and have sold out shows. So it's quite um, it's it's cool to think in that aspect, you know. Yeah. It's like if you can play your cards right and really do the social media game right, you can be you can be well off. You just need one of your songs to go viral on TikTok. <laughs> no, I'll show up for that one song and leave. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I don't know, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You like, you, you, That's why you play it last. <laughs> you got to play it last. I'm gonna say, you got to be careful. Like, all, all you TikTok stars that might be listening to this right now, be careful that you don't just have a lot of views on TikTok. You know? right, and then you right. get out there and nobody comes up to your show. So be careful. Bro, we did this. Uh, have you guys seen the videos where somebody like… You know, they get, like, ketchup on their hand. Like, yo, bro, you got a napkin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, like, rip one of their fringe shirts off, yeah. whatever. So we were on tour. This last one with Megadeth. And I had some pants that were, like, they were, they were, they need to be thrown away. They were just, like, they had a big <laughs> hole right in the crotch. And I was, like, I'm going to throw these pants away. And then uh, I had this idea. I was, like, we should do that same kind of thing <laughs> just, and just make a video, right? 
And so we did where my bass player comes over. He like rips off my pants. Like basically he, I'd have to show you guys. I'll show you guys in a little bit. But <laughs> he's eating a watermelon or he brings him watermelon. He grabs a watermelon basically to squishes it. And he's like, hey, you got a napkin. And uh, those are my pants and rips them off my body. <laughs> like literally lifts me up off the table. And for whatever reason, dude, this video, I think, is sitting at over 9 million views now. Nice. <laughs> and, nice. and we get sent videos all the time from, like, Brazil. And it's, like, people recreating our video. <laughs> it's with, good content, with man. Their it's pants. good content. And it's, like, every time I log in the Fire from the Gods account on Instagram, it's maxed out at 100 new followers, 100 new likes, 100 comments. <laughs> it's, it's wild, dude. Like, people just love this fucking video. And I'm like, <laughs> out of everything you've like, done. Yeah, I wish yeah. you guys would like the song. As much, <laughs> give as much credit to this shit. You know, like... They're like, more skits, more skits. Yeah, it's like, we'll, we'll put out like a real, um, you know, we had our buddy Shane come in and do a videography for us on this last tour. I'm so glad we brought him because we've never had a photographer, a videographer with us on the road. And um, he was making great content, getting a lot of behind the scenes shit. And we'll post, you know, a song or like, you know, a 30 second reel or some shit. Great, great content. But nothing's getting even 20,000 views. And this shit's at 9 million, bro. It's insane. <laughs> And like every once in a while, it'll kind, of, it'll kind of stop. And then, you know, a week will go by. And then all of a sudden, it spikes up 2 million. I'm like, what's going on with this shit? Like, you know, it's just wild how that shit works. But Instagram got a weird-ass algorithm, man. It does. Yeah. Maybe you should, uh, you know, you found your calling. Yeah. It's got to start uh, ripping my pants yeah. more and eating more banana peels and shit. That's go. like, that's what that's the ones that stick. So. There you go, man. Is there uh, anybody that you haven't toured with that you really want to? Like, who's your dream lineup? And it's so weird. Our, our music taste is so, you know, not divided. Um, just we're all over the place, man. Um, I, I would love to tour with, a, you know, someone like, like Slipknot. I would mm-hmm. love to tour with Ramstein. I'd love to tour with Rage Against the Machine. Um, <laughs> Disturbed. Uh, I, I would go out with Nickelback. I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like big ass shows yeah. and I like catering three times a day. I'm cool at this point, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, do, y'all, do y'all get a writer? Do y'all get to say what y'all want now these days? Only green M and M's, bro. So our writer, the last couple of tours, it's pretty simple. We usually, you know, get uh, four cases of White Claw, a bottle of Jameson every day, and then, you know, if somebody needs smokes or if somebody needs something like that, we'll add it to the day. You know, that that day. Um, at one point, we had like four avocados a day on there. <laughs> We're just making like avocado toast nonstop and shit. <laughs> Um, but man, I, I I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, there's so many bands I'd love to tour with and I would love to go out with bands even like, um, uh, bands that aren't, you know, necessarily metal. Um, I would love to have, um, AWOL Nation or something like Mm -hmm. that. They're, they're on the same label. Um, I would do like, you know, we have, we have songs that aren't so heavy and it'd be nice to do something kind of more like that, you know, and like gain those fans. We've been on three and a half five finger tours now and I think all their fans have you know if they haven't heard us yet then they're not going to so <laughs> yeah. um, oh oh you know what I you know what I forgot to ask you at the very beginning how come you never took any of Joey's bands out on tour with you <laughs> bro HBO you ever heard of HBO uh-uh. help a brother out uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on man you know why <laughs> so, so these tours we're the opening band you know what I'm saying like we've never done a headlining tour um, ever like I mean since we're, you know, way younger with a different lineup. This lineup has never done um, a headlining tour. So hopefully sometime, I'm hoping in 2024, I think we have a lot of room to grow before then. Mm -hmm. Just because you do a big-ass tour, 
does not mean you have people coming up to your show. Yeah, people yeah. show up late all the time. At all. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. But I, I would like to go to the band that, you know, isn't our style or genre so we can gain completely new yeah. fans that have never heard of us. Get in like, front of yeah. some new ears. I'm not saying, you know, Megadeth fans are now our fans because Megadeth fans are, they're <laughs> in age bracket. That, <laughs> they're like, they're like, who the fuck? Why, why am I here so early? Like, why am I listening to this band, you know? And you can see it straight up, you know, you can tell when people aren't, aren't feeling it. And that's the other thing is, Five Finger shows, Megadeth fans, Five Finger fans, the mosh pits aren't like if you were to go on an, a younger crowd mm-hmm. tour. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying these people don't mosh. I'm not saying these people don't go crazy. But I'm saying it's, it's, a, it's a different vibe. Especially when you're in the opening band. Because these dudes that go to these shows, they drink. You know what I'm saying? They drink. Yeah. <laughs> and if, you're, if they're not drunk by the time you're going on, it ain't going to be the same vibe as yeah. when like Five Finger goes on. Yeah. But I will be real though. Like They tailgate for these shows, man. <laughs> they're out in the parking lots like hours early just drinking and like it, it, it's it's cool it's a cool vibe that's badass yeah yeah yeah. they like ramping up like they, they, they got they it planned really out do. to where they want to get to maximum they want to not remember when Megadeth comes yeah along. exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah we call them the should we call them we call them the uh, the mud people <laughs> it's like in the very back in the very back of the so this last this last year was all amphitheaters the whole thing except for one show which was at an arena but the whole tour was in amphitheaters. They all kind of look the same. And in the very back is the grass. Yeah. And a lot of times the grass turns into mud because it's either been raining that week or whatever, you know, happens. And uh, mud people, bro. They start mosh pit and the grass starts turning into mud. They start falling and shit. And all of a sudden they're just, they're the mud people, bro. The mud people. It's crazy. It's covered head to toe. And they don't give a fuck. They're drunk as hell. And, yeah. you know, they're just slipping around. It's mud awesome. people. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, man. So, uh, what's next? I mean, I, I guess you kind of you kind of touched on it. You know, you're yeah. looking forward to 2024. But we, uh, well, so so this year coming up, um, we're about to we we announced tomorrow. So I can go ahead and say it, I guess, because it's not going to matter. This but won't be out till Thursday. Yeah, yeah you got time. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna hit the road with Norma Jean. We're doing a, a U.S. tour with them. Hell yeah! Um, which is super cool for for me and um, I don't know, man. Like it, it's weird going from such a crazy you know uh, amphitheater tour to more of a club tour, but mm-hmm. This is that's kind of what I was touching on. It's like these kind of fans are the ones that'll get in the pit. These kind of fans are the ones that are going to be up close and personal. Where they, you know, it's going to be hot in these venues. You know, oh yeah. It's not like you get this extra air outside and you know, you can go walk away and buy a corn dog somewhere like that didn't exist. You know, <laughs> so um, we're going out with them from February third to March fifth. I think it's pretty much going across the United States. I don't think it's going like super north or super south, meaning like Florida or uh, New York. But I know it's starting shit somewhere super uh, west coast. And it touches on like South Carolina, and then it goes back and ends in um, Salt Lake, I believe. Y'all coming through Texas at all? We're coming to um, come and take it live. Come and take it. Yeah, um, I'll 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 send you guys a link whenever the the announcement comes out tomorrow, so that way yeah. maybe you guys can tag the yeah. Fly or something like that. Oh yeah, 100%. but um, come and take it is our home base, man. Um, our tour manager Anthony Stevenson owns Come and Take It, mm-hmm. him and his buddy Ben. So uh, it'll definitely be a homecoming show for us. And I think Norma Jean is gonna be like one of those bands. It's like once again we're not gonna be the heaviest band. And that kind of bums me out. But at the same time, like I hope we, <laughs> we can make some new fans from there. From there I'm guys. sure so, you will. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited for it, man. 
I, my, I, have, a, I have a bearded dragon named Norma after the band. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I'm excited, man. I've, I've loved that band for a long-ass time. For sure. But yeah. Sweet, man. Is there any plans that you can't talk about that are after this March? Um, honestly, I don't know of anything in our future after this tour. Um, we were kind of looking at doing a headliner, but then the Norma Jima offer came up, and I was like, okay, well, that sounds great. Let's do that let's, first. Let's kill it with them. Um, I don't know about any festivals this year, but we, the majority of those festival circuits, it's like if you do one, like say you play Aftershock or whatever, mm-hmm. you won't be kind of able to play it the next year. You kind of got to wait a year or two, you know, and then, yeah. and then they'll be like, okay, we're going to send you an offer and if it works for you guys or if you're not on tour, then you can go do it again. But um, I can't wait to see like what, what festivals are coming. Cause like I said, that's my favorite shit, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you got anything else, Joey? What do, we, what, do we, what do we got for Drew? What's your What's your favorite dark chill spot in Austin? There you go. <laughs> Back in the day, I'd say Sidebar. Um, oh, now, that, was my, that was my favorite dark bro. chill spot too. <laughs> you can look up. You can look up Sidebar Poor in the Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary yeah. And it was like yeah. you, you knew, man. Poor. Like if you're going si- if you're going Sidebar, you're getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah. um, nowadays, I'd say my favorite dark spot. I mean, South Austin Beer Garden is definitely my. My stomping grounds. I live across the street from there. I'm, I'm neighbors with you guys, essentially, yeah. man. Or with you. I don't know where you live, but I'm, I'm right down the street, man. I'm like a mile away. You know, yeah. like, if you're back south Manchac, like, that's, or south, or old Manchac. Old that's, Manchac, that's, yeah. that's where we live, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of tend to the strip. I don't like to, I don't like to, to drive, you know. Yeah. And at least if I'm on the strip, then it's like a $3 Uber ride home, so. For sure, yeah. I, or I can I, walk home if I'm, you know, don't wait. Tend to stay around here these days, no more. No more downtown. No, hell no. Oh, no. Yeah. no it's no, trying no, to stay no, out of no. the strip clubs, too. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. got to do that. Let's <laughs> not, not go too far. <laughs> no, but I think that segues into the, the Austin question, right? Yeah. Is into the Austin question. So, we have a question. We want to ask everybody that comes on the show, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you got 24 hours. The mayor is issuing a ban on you. He's like, Drew Walker, you got to, you got to, you know, 24 hours from now, you got to get out of the city. You can never come back ever. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the last restaurant that you're going to in Austin Ooh. before you get banned? And that's rough. Um, I'm a big Texican cafe guy. Mm-hmm. That's like okay. where me and my chick go all the time. We okay. love it. It's down the street. We got great Those food. Purple margaritas. I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm a Mexican <laughs> food guy. So I'm either going there, I'm going Polvo's. Mm-hmm. Polvo's on South Congress is, those two, those two spots are kind of my, my top dogs yeah. as far as Mexican food goes. Polvo's is good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like it. Band. All right. So then um let's see if I can pull this up. So <laughs> we have an outro song. We got an outro song. <laughs> and uh one day we'll tell the story about why this is our outro song. We don't have time for it today. But okay. we'll, 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 so uh Joey uh, created a segment for us with this <laughs> It's song. called What Did We Learn? So I mean, what did we learn today, Kellen? So what did we learn today? <laughs> um I learned that you got to look out for the mud people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, watch out for them. The mud people. You got to be, you know. They're scary and sometimes racist. <laughs> I, nah, you really got to look out for them. I normally. just assume most Megadeth fans were racist already. Wow. <laughs> Wild. We, have a, we, we started a race war a couple. We got to be careful with our race comments we did. on this show. But anyway, anyway. The white supremacists hate me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Fuck them, dude. Right? Well, I mean, I learned... Uh, Shit, I don't know what I learned. 
I learned a lot. I learned so much. <laughs> you learned too much. Yeah. But uh, so the episode was mostly about you. So I don't know. Did you learn anything today? <laughs> Maybe about yourself? About uh, man, I learned. Uh, I learned what your cat's name was, but I already forgot it. <laughs> it's Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> it's like after Whitney Houston. Yeah, I don't know actually. Whitney. There's a long I, story about I how love, I got this cat. I love people's names for animals. <laughs> I don't know why, man, yeah, but it's just it's just fun. She showed up here one day. My ex girlfriend dropped her off. And uh, she just lives here now. <laughs> she was supposed to take her back at one point, and it didn't never happen. Did. Yeah. Didn't happen. Well, yeah. no, I learned. I learned where your house is, and yeah. you know how to, you know, fuck up your house if I needed to. There <laughs> yeah, you go. that's right. There we go. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, is there any? Uh, where, where should we like direct people yeah. for, for the yeah. band? So um, plug yourself. Plug your band. Plugs. Uh, my band is Fire from the Gods. It's pretty much the same on all social media. Uh, my Instagram handle is Toothbooth. Um, I don't know why it's named that, but <laughs> yeah. good. I was just about to ask you. Yeah, that. yeah. all my ass, man. Yeah, my, our, an old drummer of ours made me the account. He's like, you gotta have, you gotta have some social media. What do you want to be called? I was like, I don't know. He goes, is Toothbooth. I was like, okay. And now <laughs> I've always thought that was weird. I uh, it's very weird. I learned that there's no meaning behind Toothbooth. There you go. So whenever I try to, you know, say I'm gonna get rid of it, people are like, you can't get rid of it, dude. Like that's your name. I'm like, yeah, but they're not gonna. F- how can you search for me and like try to find me if that's my name? You know. So I don't know. I'm not really on social media a ton unless I'm on tour. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, it's hard to post shit because my normal life is like. It ain't like I'm doing shit. Like I'm just doing normal shit, you know. Like no one wants to see like what I'm eating for dinner and shit. You know, like they do, they do. People are interested. Yeah. They might. They might. The people interested. in South Carolina want to see that shit. Yeah. My chick is a great cook, so honestly, I should probably post her stuff more often because it's really delicious. Yeah. All right. Well, we made it this far. Um, please like the video. You know, if you're, you know, I should have said it before. You know, like it at the beginning. Take your like back <laughs> at the end. That. We forgot about that, but. If you if you liked it, you should subscribe to the video. If you're listening to us on, help me out. Stitcher, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Whatever. Give us a give us a review. Rate us. Review us. Um, that's it. We're out. The song's about Later. to end. Peace. <laughs> Woo. Hell yeah! Hell yeah, bro! <laughs> Fuck game, motherfucker. Made it, man. Dude.